Hunsey, partner in Parallel Music Publishing and AIMP board member. Welcome to the Nashville Pubcast. Today we are taking a look into the crystal ball with guests Tyler Hubbard, Pat Higdon, Travis Myatt, Ashley Gorley, and Jesse Frazier to see if we can predict the future of the business. Like, if you were going to look in your crystal ball, what do you see coming from the old music row these days? And you can keep it specific to publishing if you want, or if you want to get bigger than that, that's fine as well. Oh, man. Um, that's a fun question. I don't know. I, I feel like we try to stay outside the box. I think in publishing world, uh, now that there's, you know, now that there's writers slash producers, you know, it really lends, you know, you can you can literally almost leave the room at the end of the day and have a song that sounds like it should be on the radio already, you know, and a lot of you know Jordan, Daniel Ross, Corey Crowder, the guys in our building that are that are producing. Uh, it's just on another level, man. It's songwriting like I've never seen done before. It's quicker and more efficient and faster and sounds better. And it's it's come a long ways from when I moved to town and we we're sitting around with a guitar, you know, and and a pen and pad, you know. And so it's uh, I think the future of publishing and songwriting is is amazing especially here in nashville and it's just uh especially with stream with streaming now and different different outlets to get music out you don't even have to have a record deal anymore to get music heard uh to the masses and so um, a good song can truly work itself you know and so that's that's a cool space to be in. i think we're in a great time in music and uh you know uh, i guess a, a time of change which is always exciting If I, if I was looking into my crystal ball, do you guys see any trends or on, on styles or, or what songs or what people are looking for for the next you know five years? Or even, I think this would be hard, any technological changes? I don't know. Every time you think, well, this is as far as we can go, something happens, but I can't see what's going to change there. I feel like if I had a solid answer to that, I'd probably be really rich in a couple of years. But <laughs> <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg yeah. or something? <laughs> I think... You know, just sitting here with Travis and listening to you talk about him and knowing what I know, I think he's going to be really rich in, in less <laughs> than five years. He's really good at what he does, and he deserves to be rich. And he, but, you know, rich in the rich in the the barometer. Successful to me is the barometer. Oh, and I could agree with that more. been here for 20 odd years now and i've never seen a market so broad it's very exciting if you love different kinds of music yeah, yeah. but do you feel any transitions or, or interesting changes coming around yeah it just wide up more um you know like there are in some other genres where a lot of the, a lot of there can be some more content like i think that'll start happening in the future meaning it's not just one song that you hear for a full year you know what i mean yeah. but because it takes so long at, at terrestrial radio which is which is fine and great everybody's working on that but i think people can start to put out more than one song at a time or like other ways of releasing these songs for the fans to have more content, which I think is, is great. I think there's a lot of um, in-house development going on. Like you've seen with Florida Georgia line and Sam hunt and a, a lot of the really successful things. So we're, we're going to be in the future and, and have been, and we'll be a, a part of that, you know, where we can actually, you know, it's a nice freedom to be in like, Hey, we can, we can go produce a song. We can pay out of pocket, get it, mixed own the master and get it on playlists and then go from there that's my that's way ahead of like hey let's sign a developmental deal at a major label 
see if anybody's attached to it. We're already invested um, in these guys, and a lot of people are in the same boat, you know, whether it's Shane or Creative Nation and Luke Laird and those guys, a lot of the, the writers and producers who can, who can really get incentivized and really cultivate these artists and, and who they're going to be, and then and then a label can come along, you know, and, and you can, they, they get a better picture of who the artist is, you know, by doing that. So it kind of works better both ways, you know what I mean? They're not just coming in, playing one song on guitar. It's like, well, these are the three songs that we've put out already, you know, that have had this success. And that's really cool because it's like instead of like, hey, let's hope that everybody agrees this is great, you can at least on some scale release it to the masses and see if they agree with us or not without having to get, um, you know, without all the red tape up front. I mean, it's okay. still there. You got you to gotta have the label, and we love all the labels and want to always eventually find everybody a home that we work with, but you can also, you know, not feel like you're spinning your wheels. So I think a lot of that kind of development, a lot of the, um, like you said, the bandwidth now is so big. There's different markets, um, different things where people are having success whose songs may not be made just for, you know, contemporary radio or whatever, and that's cool if it's Casey Musgraves and Chris Stapleton and people off the grid where, like, hey, they can tour and you can, you know, you can be a big part of those um, – artist so it's, it's kind of up for anything it can be really really i love right now hearing a really country song a shuffle right next to a, a song that has a lot of r&b pop cadence to it you know i think that's what everybody likes is a lot of variety and uh right now that's happening so it's cool yeah i'm like yeah i have a little attention deficit issues so musically i'm the same as you know you, you know i've listened for everything yeah. from metal to whatever but same i love the flow and the excitement of of different tunes and people accepting it and and i also really like that fact we're basically doing the early market research for labels right. of really helping brand. I don't always love that word, but there's no other way to put it up these artists and helping them find themselves. And really it's great. Well, it's cool. I love it. Yeah. You invest to where, you know, when I sign somebody, if it's an artist writer, if it's Hunter, then I'm not just like, ah, uh, we'll just try a bunch of songs and wait for somebody to pick one that they think is a hit. It's more than that. It's like, Hey, we could release three or four things that kind of define who you are as an artist and then see what people gravitate toward as this. It's just a different way of doing it. Then see what people gravitate. And you can toward be surprised. The one you may yep. not have picked. The one uh, right. you can, and you get the data. You get to see the like what's hitting and what people like. I, as a research nerd as well, the amount of data you can collect and see yeah, just from putting stuff out is really, really almost crazy. overwhelming at some points. But it's really great for for building. I think it's going to make our market stronger and artists stronger in the long run. Because again, it, it gives them a clear vision of what's working and it gives them that direct relationship with their their fan base which is uh, you know yeah i think it's i think it's great i'm I'm excited about all that you know about some different things like um, co-owning some masters like working on the production a lot of pre-production maybe even actually producing the the ep or the two songs or whatever it calls for you know if an artist may be represented better by three songs or they may be represented by a huge body of work that's 20 songs and you don't have to worry about it. you know it's, it's whatever it calls for and and you can treat each person kind of separately questions i like to ask people that, that, that i kind of start wrapping up on is we look to the future you know I, I, do you see like for yourself particularly because i think you're one that kind of stays on the forefront because you're getting a lot of opportunities and again you're pretty market broad here do you see any trends anything coming around that that, that you'd like to share because you may not want to give away some of your secrets but you know no, i mean you know one thing i love about the town right now 
is that there are people that are giving away secrets. When I first was coming up specifically, like in like for an example, production, I remember going on like online forums going, how does Ryan Tedder get this drum sound? Or, you know, nowadays I, I give Brian, Brandon a, a sample library, his first day there. You know, I would have killed to have yeah. someone going, no, dude, you're using the wrong thing on your two bus. Or, you know, you shouldn't do a cr- contract this way. You should structure it this way. So I feel like it's our job to keep our mind open, don't get jaded. We watched, when we were coming up, man, there was some really prolific, amazing writers that you watched hit a jaded wall. And, you know... It, I call it the bitterness, man. You can't fix that. Yeah. I can I can fix a lot of frustrations, but when when the bitterness creeps in, even on the business side, you see someone getting overly bitter, That's and that is one emotion. I knew with a lot of creatives and a lot of range of emotion. Bitterness, nope. Yeah, you can't fix it, man. It fix. takes you down an ugly path. Yep. So, you know, basically where I sort of operate is genreless songwriting for the most part. You know, that's sort of a broad term because we all know as creators, sometimes we'll get going and go, okay, clearly this is a country song. All right. um, but I like to, to find genreless creators in the sense that um, no one's too cool for school. Brandon would just as much love to get on a Maddie and Tay record as he would an opportunity to write with Post Malone. He just loves commercial music, as does Carrie, as does Steven, as does myself. I, I love all commercial music, any genre. If it hits you, it, if hits, it hits me. You. I love hooks, you know. So I think that if you start there and surround yourself with those kind of people. Now, that's saying some of your listeners may want to be singer, songwriter, artists. It's a different right. thing. Gotta I'm have saying your voice. if you want to be a commercial songwriter, open mindedness, you listen to your team. Um, you find your own brand. You don't chase, you know, and, and so, that sounds, that's something that people say all the time. And you're like, oh yeah, great. Find my own brand. What the hell does that mean? It just sort of means, look, what does, what moves you, you know, even to this day, I got, I'm careful that I don't do too much business writing. In other words, sometimes your calendar, you, you, you look back and you're like, man, I got started by just sort of doing whatever with whoever I thought was kind of cool. And now there's just so much business writing you know with this hit songwriter and this hit songwriter and they're all amazing but i also want to make sure i take time to work with this kid that we heard his voice somewhere and we love him or this young producer i want to do a collaboration on and make time for that stuff you know and the other thing is just the climate of the business this is the i feel like we're still working things out you know obviously dollars and cents wise it's a tough time in some aspects however the creative climate here is the coolest it's ever been. I mean, the people that come through town to collaborate, the stigmas are crumbling little by little. Now, it's still there. I mean, I can go out to L.A. and write next week and tell them the, the number ones I've had and half the artists they won't know, whereas I'll know every single one that they right, work with. Yeah. And that's okay. Pop music is always going to be bigger. Mm-hmm. But the stigma of country, and specifically Nashville, is is way different than right. when I started out. I would call the current market we're in, as far as musically, is what I'd call a utopia. Because when I started, it was very the people just really did, weren't as open. I guess is the best word, and it is really fun for me on the same level as everybody comes to town. I don't care if it's rock, pop, R and B, soul. It's all here, and and the creating creator environment, the 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 writers and the producers, they're open and it's fun. And I think that's what makes Nashville the coolest place in town still. Thanks for listening to the Nashville AIMP Pubcast. 
For more information, check out AIMP.org or follow us at Nashville AIMP on Instagram. The Nashville AIMP would like to give a shout out to our sponsors, Jamber and Sound Exchange. Jamber wants to know if you're looking for an easier way to capture song splits at the point of creation and organizing your catalog. Jamber is our podcast sponsor, and they are offering listeners a first look at their songwriter and publisher apps that allow songwriters to collaborate when inspiration strikes. Go to jamber.com forward slash AIMP to sign up today. SoundExchange develops business solutions for the entire music industry. They collect and distribute royalties on behalf of more than 155,000 recording artists, master right owners, and music publishers. SoundExchange have paid out more than $5 billion in royalties. SXWorks serves the licensing and administration needs of music publishers around the world and operates CMRRA, which represents music publishers and administers mechanical rights for the majority of songs recorded, sold, and broadcast in Canada. Thanks for listening to this series of the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. Stay tuned for Season 3 in 2019.